Hey, history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. Replacing a justice on the Supreme Court takes time, a lot of time. Brett Kavanaugh, who went through Senate confirmation hearings in September, was nominated by President Trump just after the 4th of July. But it could be October before the Senate makes their decision, or even longer because of sexual assault allegations that emerged just before a key vote. On the extreme end, it took over two years to replace Justice Henry Baldwin after his death in 1844. That's because Congress refused to vote on any of then-President John Tyler's nominees. Something similar happened to President Barack Obama when Republicans refused to take up his nominee near the end of his term. But there was one time when the confirmation process went quickly. The first time when George Washington was president. It only took days for all of the nominees to be appointed and confirmed to the court. Of course, there wasn't wall-to-wall cable TV news coverage back then. And it wasn't until a decade later that the court was empowered to take up the weighty constitutional questions it is known for deciding today. Washington nominated the first Supreme Court justices moments after Congress passed the Judiciary Act of 1789 in September of that year. The act established details of the court, like how there would only be six justices, not the nine we're accustomed to today. Within two days, all of the nominees were confirmed in the Senate. Though it was a smooth and quick process compared to what nominees endure today, the trouble came after the fact. No one showed up for work. Back then, news traveled at the speed of a horse. The confirmations happened so fast that some of the new justices probably didn't even know they were nominated. There were other issues, too. When Robert Harrison of Maryland found out about his confirmation, he wrote to the president to decline the job. He said he was too sick to make the trip to the temporary capital in New York City. Washington and his Treasury Secretary, Alexander Hamilton, wrote back, begging Harrison to reconsider. So he did. But he turned back before he even made it out of Maryland. He declined the position, and a few months later, he died. Then, on the first day of the court's proceedings in February of 1790, only three of the new justices showed up. Chief Justice John Jay had to adjourn for lack of a quorum. The explanations from the missing justices varied widely. John Blair Jr. of Virginia was delayed, he said, by travel complications. John Rutledge of South Carolina refused to come in because he was mad that he wasn't appointed Chief Justice. Rutledge resigned before even hearing a case. But once Blair arrived, the new justices took up a spot in, of all places, a covered marketplace on Broad Street. They sat for nearly 10 days, but didn't hear a single case 
before adjourning until the end of the summer. The justices didn't get a case until more than a year after their selection. Ultimately, Washington would make 14 nominations to the Supreme Court, more than any other president. And in 1795, when Chief Justice Jay resigned, Washington did nominate Rutledge for the position he so desired. Except it was temporary, a recess appointment, meaning that he wasn't subject to confirmation hearings. But Rutledge's tenure as Chief Justice was short-lived. When the Senate came back in session four months later, it voted him out. The complaint about him will sound familiar in our times. The senators thought he was too political. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to Gillian Brockell for reporting this story for The Washington Post. And for more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.